0: So today's a great class. I I actually love today's lesson. <laughs> I've done it three times. I'm like, I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> the riddles in the dark is so fun. About what? Oh, it's so good. So good. All right, so class has started. We're gonna look at The Hobbit today, particularly riddles in the dark. But we're gonna watch the intro for about ten minutes because the metaphors have begun. Even with the roaring lion, maybe I don't. know. Wow, Is that in your way? I mean, I don't need it today. I already, I already recorded the last. One. We'll top, top, top we'll we'll yeah. oh. Alright, so start taking notes. Even. But new workbook page one thirty one. Nice. Old Damn. workbook page one forty. Hobbit notes. Good stuff.
1: You asked me once if I had told you everything there was to know. About <laughs> I my love this. <laughs> oh, well, I can honestly say I have told you the truth. I may not have told you all of it.
0: Uh, that's a
1: great line. I am old now, Frodo. But a lot of it. I'm not the it's same hobbit I once was.
0: Yeah. So the new workbook, one thirty-one. Old I think work, workbook, one forty. It is time for you to know what really happened. By the way, I have the owl tool. Anybody wants to use be- it? It began
1: long ago in a land far away Just to the east, the like of which you will not find in the world today. Just like Bilbo. the city of Dale, its markets known far and wide, full of the bounties of vine and vale, peaceful and prosperous. So is this the, city lay the how's that city doing? That
0: city's doing great. Why? Because, what else is doing great? King under the, mountain. the dwarves are doing great. They're really generous they prosperous? Thrall ruled with utter surety,
1: never doubting his house would be. That is awesome, by the his way. His line lay Look, secure in plan. the lives of his son and grandson. There he is. Ah, Frodo, there he is. Built deep within the mountain itself, the beauty of this fortress city was legend. Its wealth lay in the earth, in precious gems hewn from rock. Anything great wrong with this? No, like yeah, we're good. Stone. We're still doing fine. The skill of the dwarves was unequal. Fashioning objects of great beauty. <laughs> like out of diamond, <laughs> emerald, ruby, and sapphire. They're just having fun, aren't they? <laughs> Ever they delve deep
0: down into the dark. And that is where they found it. Cool. Anything wrong with an Arkenstone? Nope, that's cool.
1: The heart of the mountain. Huh? The Arkenstone. What? Throw named the it? king's jewel. He took it as a sign. A sign that his right to rule was
0: divine. <laughs> I want you
1: to play. All I pay homage saga. to him. Even the great <laughs> elven king, Thranduil.
0: But well, what's going to happen here in a couple minutes? Who shows up?
1: Slowly the days turned sour.
0: Uh-oh, now is there something wrong. I <laughs> nights
1: closed in. Thraw's love of gold had grown too fierce. A sickness had begun to grow within him.
0: Is there something wrong now? <laughs> so is the gold bad? No. Is having a lot of gold bad? No. Is having the Archestone bad? What happened? He loved the gold, right, versus people or using the gold. He loved it as an end versus what? A means to an end. See what's going on there? So things start going south pretty fast. Um I want you to write on your notes. So, somewhere in a note page, everybody get pen or pen. You should have a workbook in front of you. I will wait. We got extra ones up here. You should have a workbook in front of you with a pen or pen out to take notes. All right, we got extras right here. We need an extra? There you go. All right. Uh, either 131 or 140. All right. I got one. You don't have to take him in the actual workbook. That's fine, right? That's beautiful. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll take him in a minute to journal then. Take some notes. Tolkien wrote a really, really famous... Crit- so actually, you don't have to be in the workbook if you're going to take notes, notes in your notebook. Really famous piece of criticism called The Monsters and the Critics. And it, it's super famous. Like, it's one of those where it uh, changed the course of literary studies. <laughs> Not too shabby, right? Um, and Tolkien's a Beowulf scholar. Some of you know the Beowulf story. Yeah. You got the Rothgar, uh, King of the Danes, in his mead hall. And they're singing praise and worship songs to the Creator. How are we doing? Good. Then they're getting drunk afterwards. How are we doing? (laughs) Not so good. So after your worship night at the White Chapel, you know, I wouldn't recommend this. Um, But they get drunk, and they're hungover. They keep doing this over and over, and eventually the demon monster that lives in the marsh, Marsh, a.k.a. Grendel, is so frustrated that he attacks them. Well, they can't fight back because they're what? Hungover. They're drunk, so they can't fight. Hmm. And then there's Grendel's mom later, and then there's a dragon later in the story. And it's interesting, Tolkien noticed each time that the monsters in the story would represent hopes and fears. Dragon's powerful, but we're also scared of it, right? Grendel's powerful, but we're scared of it. So it represents our hopes and fears. But here's the key line from the monsters and the critic, is that it's also in, on fairy stories as well is that monsters reveal and attack our weaknesses. (laughs) Monsters reveal and attack our weaknesses, right? And so he noticed that Grendel would attack when they were hungover, which reveals what? Their weakness. Nothing wrong with mead. Too much mead, though. We've got a problem, right? Well, the hero, we need a hero. <laughs> Beowulf comes in, and guess what? he can rip Grendel's arms off? Because he's not drunk. Because <laughs> he's awake. Because he's got courage. He's not a coward. So our hero can kill the monster because he doesn't have those weaknesses, which it's exploiting. Are we tracking there? Go Tolkien. And the, the, what made this so powerful is we realized that's not just Beowulf, that's what? That's stories. All the stories with monsters and bad guys, that's what they do. Look at Superman with Kryptonite, right? And so you start realizing, like, that's how this works. That's how stories work. That's how monsters work. And even more so, when all those stories are written so well, those stories point to what story? Our story. So let's let this roll a little bit. When does the dragon show up? Not when they have lots of gold. Not when they're generous. Not when they have the Arkenstone. When does the dragon show up? When he gets what? Greedy. It was a
1: sickness of the mind. And where sickness thrives, bad things will
0: follow. (laughs) Yeah, hello. Well, what are dragons known for? they're pretty what they're pretty greedy they're pretty powerful and they're pretty prideful right what's the weakness being attacked here
1: do
2: it now what is it Dragon. <laughs> like
1: dragon. Shit. Dragon. <laughs> dragon. Hello. Fire Drake from the north. Smog. I can It's so far. Such wanton death was dealt that day. For this city of men was nothing to smile. His eye was set on another prize. Dragons covered gold with a dark and fierce desire. Just like Grandpa.
0: Holy
1: cow! Maribor was lost. The dragon will guard his plunder. As long as he lives. As long as he's alive,
2: <laughs>
0: your who rides a massive elk? That's just awesome, <laughs> dude.
1: Andrew would not risk the lives of his kin against the wrath of the dragon. No help came from the elves that day, nor any day since. Ouch! Robbed of their homeland, the dwarves of Erebor wandered the wilderness. A once mighty people, oh no A young dwarf prince took work where he could find it. Labouring in the villages of men, but always he remembered the mountain smoke beneath the moon, the trees like torches blazing bright, when he had seen dragon fire in the sky, and a city turned to ash. And he never forgave.
0: And he never forgot. Oh man. It's quite an intro. That, my dear. Don't worry, I'll play some more. Just hang on, hang on. But what, actually, Gandalf's going to jump in the story here and encourage Bilbo to go do what? Huh? Go on an adventure to do what? Kill that thing? Are you kidding me? Yeah, actually, no. It's, why don't you leave your cushy, cozy hobbit hole, go kill... A dragon, and reclaim what? Treasure. Now, we know that's what the story is about, and some of you even know the overarching metaphor and know the connections, but you know what? For the sake of class, something to consider, right? The adventure here is to leave your comfortability, leave your hobbit hole, which is that bad, not in the slightest. That's beautiful, good stuff, but to go do it to kill a dragon, to reclaim a kingdom, to reclaim treasure, and actually for Thorin to reclaim his identity—is that a worthy adventure? I was sitting, watching a uh, watching a sermon at a church, and the pastor was speaking on a topic, not mentioning Hobbit at all, but Mr. D is like, Hobbit, <laughs> right? But she's she was amazing because she's like, you know what? What's the treasure in the kingdom of God? Well what is most valuable and most precious to God? Yeah, people. People, right? And she actually said, definitely people, how about kids? He loves new life Jesus loves children let the children come he even said you should be thinking like a kid when it comes to the kingdom of God so Jesus loves children she said how many children God's treasure has been stolen by the enemy and we got to go do what get them back go reclaim the treasure of these kids who've been trapped in sex trafficking right Or abandon his orphans who are trapped under the dragon of poverty. Anybody want to go kill the dragon of poverty and get some of this treasure back? You see the metaphor, right? For them, it's the actual lizard thing. (laughs) We got to kill, they got to kill that to get a big heap of gold. Well, what are we called into doing? to go kill this dragon. They go kill a dragon out there who's captured treasure, kingdom treasure. Some of it might actually even be literal kingdom money (laughs) that Satan has grabbed and he's using for his kingdom. What? Who's got all the gold? Our God, (laughs) right? We're gonna let Satan get that stuff back, let alone storytelling, let alone children. Let alone all these things that are good and perfect gifts that Satan has stolen, and we get to do what? Steal it back. <laughs> right? Cool metaphor. I won't linger on it much longer, but if you hadn't seen Hobbit like that, A, you don't have to enjoy the story. But B, can you? Can we? <laughs> all right, so let's keep watching, and as we consider this, Gandalf shows up here great scene and encourages Bilbo to go on an adventure so great I love this scene
1: I'm going to surprise him
0: well go on then
1: you don't want to be late
0: don't want to be late he doesn't approve of being late
1: (laughs) Not that I ever was. In those days, I was always on time. I was entirely respectable. (laughs) That's overrated, right? (laughs) And nothing unexpected.
2: this is a good morning whether I want it or not. Or perhaps you mean to say that you feel good on this particular morning. Or are you simply stating that this is a morning to be good on? All of them at once, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Can I help you? That remains to be seen. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. All right. Look at him. An
1: adventure? Now, I don't imagine anyone west of Bree would have much interest in adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable thing. Make be late for dinner.
2: Good morning. I think that I should have lived to be... Good morning, my fellow Donatouk's son. As if I were selling buttons at the door. Thank your pardon? You changed. Not entirely for the better, Bilbo Beckins. I'm sorry, do I know you? But well, you know my name, although you don't remember I belong to it. I'm Gandalf. And Gandalf means... Me. Not Gandalf, the wandering wizard who made <laughs> such
1: excellent fireworks so all the used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Oh. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> no idea, he was still in business. And where else should I be?
0: <laughs> <What? clears throat> I love it like, uh, here. <laughs> well,
2: I'm pleased to find you remember something about me, even if it's only my fireworks. <laughs> Well, that's decided. It will be very good for you most amusing for me. I love it. And most amusing, I love for, me. And most amusing and for me. All the <laughs> what? No. What? No. No. Wait.
1: We do not want any adventures here. Thank you. Not today.
2: No. I suggest you try over the hill or across the water. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Uh... Mm-hmm.
0: I love that just like Gollum he likes what fish. yeah that. You know, I, I want us to pause for a second. I love that Holy Spirit moment right there. Not that Gandalf's an allegory per se, but what did he just invite Bilbo to do? Yeah, he's like, you want to go on an adventure? He's like, "Yeah, well, we're going <laughs> to give you a chance. And what would I hate for you to do right now, and I use the word hate, I would hate for you to have, sit in a Bible class and leave thinking, well, if I don't go on an adventure, then I must not be saved. You missed it. Not doing that at all. You're saved by what? Grace and belief. Right? Yet, what does Jesus do with all the disciples? Hey, Matthew. Hey, Nathaniel. Hey, Bartholomew. Hey, Peter, James, and John. You want to what? Sorry to draft. Yeah. I can a sword.
2: <laughs> Sure. sure? <The> what? <laughs> a video that these boys are filming. Yeah? got trainers outside. Really? Right here. Um, what are you going to do with it? Um, we're just going to. You know, is just
0: going to hold it?
2: I don't know. Okay. Hi, everyone. Go. Nice, what hi. is this class? Philosophy? Yeah. Yay. What are we learning about? Are oh, 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 wow. This is like a sword sword. Well, is that what you wanted? No. <laughs> he delivers. Don't hurt anybody. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Where do they just pop it in inside when
0: they're done? Just throw it in. Okay. No. <laughs> Thanks <for legacy. laughs> So what did Jesus do? He said, hey, you guys, you want to what? You want to come on an adventure? We're going to go change the world. We're going to go fight a dragon, not a dragon. What? The dragon. And we're going to bring people back out from under that and give them freedom and hope, right? I remember the rich young ruler. What should I do, Jesus? Well, da da Oh, I did all that stuff. Well, how about this? Go sell your stuff and come on and... A big old adventure. Come and follow me. And he's like, I uh, uh, follow God in the flesh and make history and right, change the world or go hang out with my stuff. And I think we read the Gospels that that's something that happened in that story back then. But what is Jesus doing? Maybe even for some of you today. Hey. There you go. Uh, adventure, right? Like, you want to, you want to adventure? Here's the interesting thing. You can say no. See you in heaven. Fine. (laughs) Or you can say yes. The nice thing is he'll keep asking. He'll keep coming to your door. He'll keep inviting you. You got a second, third, fourth, hundredth chances. Just, I hope at some point you'll say yes to that adventure, because I don't want you to what? Miss it. I don't want you to miss out. Of course, it might mean killing dragons, <laughs> right? So good thing your salvation is not dependent on going on that adventure and following Christ, right? Yet, wait, let's jump. Now I can use paradox language. Is your salvation dependent on following him and going on the adventure? No. But is it? Oh, completely. On so many levels. You'll be saved from what? A life of complacency. A life of shadow. A life of laziness. A life of missing out on the adventure. See the salvation there? (laughs) Bilbo is saved here. Right? Although, is he saved? If he doesn't go, he's still saved. But he's also saved. I love the beauty in that paradox, and I love it. This is so great. They all start showing up, and I want to show it all. We're not going to go watch it because it's just awesome. Thorin shows up, and then they talk about a hoard of treasure, a kingdom to reclaim, an identity to reclaim. Who's in? Right. Wait. Bo, there's a big old dragon. So we're gonna do what with it? Kill it. <laughs> <laughs> right? It has no right to that throne. And here's the moment. I gotta play the song. Royalty. right? yeah play the song. A willing heart. I can ask no more than that. You don't
1: have
2: to do this. right? You have a choice. Yes I have to. You've done honorably. Right by our people. Right. Yep, right. You have built a new life for us in the Blue Mountains. This is true. A life of peace and plenty. Good. A life that is worth more
0: than all the gold. True. Ready? True. From my grandfather to my father, this has come to me. See, that's not gold.
2: They dreamt of the day when the dwarves of Erebor would reclaim their
0: homeland. There we go. Their identity. no choice, Father. Their kingdom. Who, Who should be in that mountain? <laughs> and we are with you, laddie. We will see it done. There we go. Oh, this is so good. I get the chills. <laughs> I know.
2: We lost the way. Every
0: country. Bilbo is a great guy. He's not on Soren's side. He's not an orc. He's not the enemy. He's what? He's good. He's in the kingdom. You might wake up someday like this, though. Relieved that they left, that Jesus backed off, walked away, I don't have to go on that crazy adventure. I don't have to be who Christ is calling me to be fully. To fight evil in this world. Yeah, good. Ah, he's gone. Uh... And you'll probably happen, pretty much guarantee you. You're gonna you're gonna wake up, it'll happen over and over, you're gonna have to make what And by the way it's a real decision. <laughs> you don't have to go. You don't have to go fight dragons and trolls. Or what? Come on, right? If Christ is calling you into something, it's gonna be what? You don't want to miss it, right? You don't want to miss it. And you could. We do. People miss it. It should feel like this on some level.
1: I'm I'm going on an <laughs>
0: right? I love that. Like, yes! Yeah, you know, that's my long intro to class today. It's really its own lesson. Don't miss it. I mean, anywhere I go to teach this class, if they will not let me teach this stuff at the end, I'm not gonna teach it at the school. It's essential, it's an essential part of the curriculum. Because if we do worldview, great, how's Christian theism? Actually, it stacks up pretty well, doesn't it? And then we look at Christianity, and the great divorce, and orthodoxy, and realize actually, this Christian story makes a lot of sense. So much so that when we piece it all back together with paradox, and grace, and truth, that it, it, it makes, it's the stuff. It might be the real deal. Actually, what do we find out? It is. This is the way to go. And actually, it's not just a way. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just a Christian religion. It's a what? It's what's even more than a lifestyle. This truth is, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle in relationship with the truth. It's not just the truth. It's a being. Sweet. And we can stop there. I can't. We can't stop there. This is unit five. This is the last part. It's not just being in a relationship with the truth or the truth is a being because that being will save you, right? Good. We saved. Great. And then what does he do? (laughs) Follow me. Here, Here we go. We have to put the go on the end of this class. We have to. Christ does. He's always inviting us into adventure. Lewis calls it further up and further in, right? And it's going to be different for each of us. But will he call all of us on a mighty adventure to bring his kingdom in in a powerful way, to fight the dragon here on earth? Not just a metaphor dragon, but what, (laughs) Like, the dragon. <laughs> right? Scary stuff? Shit, yeah, ask Paul how that went. <laughs> hey, Paul, I want you to, be, you know, bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hello. Read the book of Acts. That was an adventure, right? Peter, build my church, feed my sheep. Sure. What? They're all trying to kill me. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> right? Yeah, here we go. Like, What's, you want to fight poverty, take on sex trafficking, who wants to take down the porn industry? Anybody ready? Let's go, right? No? Okay. Yeah. I think that's where it is, is he's going to invite, he's going to invite, he's going to invite. I just don't want you to miss it. And I don't want us to sit back and think that the philosophy class helps us figure out the truth. Great. So that we can go on an adventure with the living truth, with this being. Cool thoughts, questions, comments. So hopefully you had you some notes there. Some of you wrote down monsters, right? Reveal and attack our weaknesses. Fair enough. You know what's interesting in the story? Who kills the dragon? Yes, spoiler alert. But who kills the dragon? Bilbo. No, is it Aragorn or Gandalf? No, dragons represent pride, greed, right? That power who kills a dragon. Bard, this humble father who's super courageous, and is he in it for the money? Not in the slightest. Isn't that interesting? We've got a big old dragon of death. How's it going for us? Can we kill that dragon? No, so. Someone does, and kills the death dragon for us. I think it's interesting that right now, even to take this metaphor, where you're getting attacked by the enemy right now, wherever that is, he's going to attack what? Well, he'll reveal it, and then do what? Attack your weakness, right? And there's ways to fight back, isn't there? Getting someone to come alongside you or learning how to figure out that weakness in Christ. Let's keep going. Got a little more time for some more lessons. This is the journey. Bilbo's on that journey. He does it. He goes on the journey, and it's pretty intense. I love all these different scenes, right? But we end up learning about the fact that there's a lot of evil enemy out there. There's orcs, and then they bump into... Radagast is awesome, but then we realize this a spiritual battle of evil forces. Sauron's out there. Witch king is out there. We end up having to deal with what? Trolls, right? Which we fight off with light. Isn't that great? We fight off those trolls. We get chased by orcs. We can end up in Rivendell. That's awesome. Field trip. Oh, my gosh. We end up there. We meet elves. We meet Elrond. We got moon letters. Awesome. Super cool. Uh, ugly orc. Galadriel. Ooh, girl power. All right. We realize that Sauron is rising up. Right? Uh, watch out for the rock monsters. That's pretty cool. Rock giants. They're fighting, and then we end up in this nasty kingdom that's not a dwarf kingdom, nor is it an elf kingdom. This is orcs. Now, interesting, orcs are warped elves. These are called goblins. It's another name for orc with Tolkien. That is a warped Elrond. Can you see it? (laughs) They're probably the same age, actually. They're fighting off these guys. Gandalf shows up, but then Bilbo takes a tumble. Ready? Look at the metaphor here. Bilbo takes a tumble down a hole. <coughs> Alice takes a tumble down a hole, lands in a dark cave with a character who's turning into a shadow, who's in a cave with shadows. He's got to get out of that cave back into the, to the light to continue on his journey. Thank you, Tolkien. So here we are. We are at uh, Riddles in the Dark. Uh, if you pull out your device and you want to find the PDF file, you can do that or we'll get to it in a little bit. Right now, we'll stick in the movie. Uh, but I want you to take your, your notes. And we got some notes here. There's a note page for you to take some notes on. And you should find the page, page 131, 140. All right, it'll say Riddles in the Dark. And it should say Symbols, Metaphors, Paradoxes, Myths. And Biblical illusion and let's look at some of this stuff and uh, we use silver ruling to talk about it We just use the opening of the hobbit to talk about metaphor and Overarching metaphors and how we can make meaning out of these mythical stories. So I want to start handing it off Some of you already know these tools. You're brilliant with them. Have a nice day Hopefully we'll get a little better here, right? Some of us just don't think this way like, don't raise your hands on this, but how many of you have watched The Hobbit and while you were watching it, you thought about all these metaphors with a dragon and treasure and reclaiming identity and treasure and that's our calling with Christ and Gandalf representing the Holy... Like, are we doing that? If you were, bless you, that's awesome. If you were, not that's why we're doing this right now. And by the way, do you have to watch those movies or read these books this way? Do you have to watch Civil War that movie that just came out. Do you have to watch that with all the metaphor potential? Not at all. Can you? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? It's loaded with this stuff. So I'm here to help you learn some tools on how to get better at this and do it if you want to. Part of it though is all great stories point to the true great stories. And so learning how to do this is gonna be something that can help you when you read the book of Acts and when you're on your journey. Go team? All right, let's take some notes. Um, and I want you to just write down, uh, some things that we're going to process here. We're going to look at the notes, look at some of these tools on this whole metaphor concept, and then we're going to watch riddles in the dark, this scene. And I want you to use the tools to see what you can find. We'll stop it. We'll talk about it afterwards. And then we'll probably listen to a little bit of Tolkien audio at the end. We'll have him read it to us, which is super cool. All right. It's great to have his voice in the whole thing. All right, most of you know these tools, but let's just real quick as we move forward and we look at stories like this or movies like this, what's a symbol? All right, I guess that's probably rhetorical because we all know the beautiful vague definition, which is the best definition, is it symbol is something that represents something else, right? So jot it down, something that represents something else. Here's the key. A lot of people accuse we literature teachers of reading into things, right? Um, and you know what? I don't do that. I don't want my students to read into anything. We don't want to add anything, just like we don't want to add to Scripture. <laughs> that's not healthy to do, right? At the same time, if it's in Scripture, if it's in the story, can we pull it out, unearth it like it's gold and treasure that's buried? Definitely. Um, So one of these tools that an author can use is symbols. They're all over scripture. They're all over great stories like this, right? But here's the key. Many of us don't understand this principle of public and private symbols. So jot that down, public and private. Public symbol. If I put this on the board, two green lines. That's something that can represent something else. In math class, what can it represent? Plus sign, X, Y axis, right? Go to a hunting thing and it's like the crosshairs. Yeah? On a map, what could it represent? Compass, north, south, east, west. So that little, that little thing can represent all those other things, right? I go to a church in Ireland and I see green one of these on the wall. Well, what did that represent? What is it? put a circle around it especially, what is it? Well, maybe we don't know. A cross, <laughs> right? So if we put a circle around this right here, what do these two little lines represent? Cross. Now, that's what we would call a private Christian symbol, okay? If you're a Christian and you see a cross, does that mean anything special? <laughs> yeah. What does the cross represent? Forgiveness, salvation of humankind is a big deal, right? But here's the key. If you're not a Christian and you look at a cross, you know that that represents something for Christians, but for you, it's just a what? A (laughs) T. Right? There you go. So public symbol, does it represent addition? Does it represent north, south, east, west? Yes? Yeah, over here, it also can represent salvation. Fair enough? So when I'm reading Tolkien, I know Tolkien's a Christian author with Christian themes. And Frodo and Sam get to the crossroads right outside of Mordor, and they have to make a huge decision about saving Middle Earth. Am I allowed to go there? Come on, am I? Do you have to? No, but am I allowed to? Oh yeah, totally, right? Uh, My daughter was drawing a picture of the ocean after we went to the beach, And she put a bunch of these in the ocean. What's this? It's a fish. Is that a symbol for a fish? Yeah. Now, when I was at Oxford in the market, I was walking down the market. I wanted to get some lunch. And I saw this. That's not a chocolate chip cookie. It's a potato. I saw this and this. I literally did. I I wish I had taken a picture. I saw that on a sign. What was I going in there to get? Fish and chips. Right? Not Christians (laughs) but on all the half the minivans in Wheaton and we see this on there do all those moms like you know fish we love fish is that what that is no what is that it's a private Christian symbol and actually back in the day when it started it was truly private it was a secret symbol for Christians I will make you fishers of men right so fish can be a symbol for Christians Guess what Gollum likes to eat? What's his favorite thing to eat? Fish. Oh, and by the way, the description of Gollum, he prowls around in the dark looking for things to devour. I think there's a verse about an enemy in our story who prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour us. Right? Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> Guess what he likes to eat? Well, guys like, oh, well, just, Tolkien just picked fish to pick fish. No, 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 he could have picked squirrels, grubs, birds, anything. What's his favorite thing to eat, though? Fish. I mean, Christians, I mean fish, right? Isn't it interesting to consider the symbols there? Now, do you have to read this way? No, but is fish truly a private Christian symbol? Oh, yeah. Now, for Christians, if we see a crescent moon with a star, is that a symbol for us? No, but if you're Islam, is it? Yeah, totally. Whenever they see a crescent moon in a story, ding, 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 right? They're going to be looking for that stuff. And for them, it's a symbol, especially if it's an author from that religion or worldview. Tracking? So everybody, you got your pen, pencil, got your notes, ready, set, go. Burst out. Let's see if you can do better than the other classes. (laughs) Right? Who's got some... uh, Christian symbols. Yes, I'm going to bribe you. What are Christian symbols we can look at for in the Lord of the Rings? Hmm? Cross, good. Fish, okay, good. Sword, where is that? Sword, good. Bread and wine, good. Gate, okay, good. Straight and narrow, nice job. What else can we do? Treasure, good. Huh? Tomb, empty tomb, even better. What else? Oh come on, how many symbols are in the Bible? Lion, lamb, rainbow, right? Water, ark. Come on, what else? Journey is huge. Go on a journey, right? What else? Light and dark, nice. Resurrection, nice. Oh word. There we go. All right. Rest. See, shalom. Could be a really good symbol. All right. How are we doing? Could all of these be in there? Yeah, you guys. A big one, you guys. This is huge. You got to write it down. Ephesians 6, armor of God. Are those symbols in the Bible? Yeah, belt of truth. Hello. but sword? The sword of the Spirit is the word of God? So anytime I see a sword in Lord of the Rings, can I make that symbolic connection? Oh, Totally. And by the way, all the orc swords are what? Bent and broken and chipped and notched. And Aragorn's sword got stepped on by the bad guys, so it's what? Broken sword that we're going to do what? Reforge and put back together to kill the enemy? Come on, right? Like, oh, ah, flaming arrows. Like right, You don't have to do it this way. I'm just teaching you that you're allowed to. You'll see in a couple of pages in the workbook and in the preface to The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien says so himself that he wants us to use applicability to make meaning out of the story. <laughs> he says That's why I wrote the story, so that we would do this. Yeah. Like, you said, like, a similar kind of thing to like, like, Civil War, for example. Like, yeah. can you, like, like Tolkien did that intending that? Yeah. Thing? Isn't it considered reading it if it's not reading it was not intended? No, because if it's there, is it there? then you're just, like, you're just oh there's a fish that it's this. That it's but if, it ready, sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't. If it fits and it's there, then that's the tool of it, right? Because can the Holy Spirit work through people without them realizing it to convey truth for his kingdom? Well, it is unique because some uh, some authors are much better at it than others. Yeah. Why are we looking at Shakespeare Yeah, Shakespeare, Homer, like the Iliad and the Odyssey, that whole mermaid myth is lasting pretty well, right? Or Cyclops, you know, those types of things where you realize these are some really powerful intentional metaphors that last. So the good stories, really, the good authors, the good poets, that really lasts. And the really, really good ones, that's intentional. And then they do stuff. An artist can make a painting, and like, they step back, and like, whoa, I didn't mean that to happen, and I did, and that's really cool. And then they're like, oh, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah? So that's part of that, the beauty of it all working together. Hey, you know what? Do some people just make movies to make money? Yeah. I think that's the warped version of story. Does that make sense? The good version of it really helps us understand truth and connect all these dots, right? The warped version of it is I'm just making money off of it. Or it does it really poorly. It doesn't do a good job matching up the symbols, making sense out of it. Fair enough? Yeah? And I think that's why some movies are much better at this than others. Yeah. Some authors are really intentional and some aren't. There you go. Great question. Great question. And sometimes stuff doesn't fit. I always give students in my class license, like, eh, Dominguez, no, way too far. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but sometimes it really does. And I think the one, like the broken sword with Aragorn, you don't have to go there, but that really fits. Yeah. Like, we got, we've got fractured Bible truths that we, we, we don't use well to fight the enemy. Right? And if we could put that back together and put it in the hands of a king, you know, you know, ah! <laughs> right? Like, oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, keep going. How about metaphor? What's a metaphor? Uh, let's do that. Yeah. Wait, what's a simile? Yeah, so a simile is an indirect comparison using like or as. A metaphor, yeah, a direct comparison not using like or as. Metaphor is really powerful. I could have put simile on here. We want metaphor. We want direct comparisons, right? Um, I could say that my wife's eyes are like the sun. There you go. They're like the sun. Then I could say, my wife's eyes are the sun. <laughs> Flaming balls of gas. Right? Like, ah! um, or Mr. Musso is as strong as an ox. Mr. Musso is an ox. <laughs> is it, whoa! And so metaphor is just stronger. It's richer. Um, has a different weight to it. Okay. And then we've already talked about the overarching metaphors. Taking the whole story and making a comparison. That's pretty fun. What's a paradox? Come on, pop quiz. Paradox. I just threw mints at you guys. Come on. <laughs> Please. Two things that shouldn't
2: exist at the same
0: time, hmm? I like that. That'll work. They shouldn't exist together, but they need to, right? Netsley nailed it. He said two things that look like. They're not true, but are true, and we need both of them. I'm like, yeah, there you go, right? Thanks, Nestle. like, who are you? (laughs) That was a great moment. Um, A seeming contradiction that makes sense on a higher plane of thinking. Uh, And Paradox is What was that? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right? Um, Paradox is essential. We already hit it in this class. What I like about stories, it can help us understand the power of paradox, Right? Here's the key. I don't want you to graduate Wheaton Academy without understanding paradox. Because it's super hard to understand Christianity without understanding paradox. First shall be last, last shall be first. Yeah, die to live. What the heck, right? Lose your life to save it. Virgin's giving birth. We have free will, but we're predestined. Ah! ah! Like if you can't wrap your head around paradox, it's gonna be really tricky. All right, mythical elements and biblical illusions are kind of the same thing, but not really, but kind of. So ready, mythical, I want you to write this down. I've said it a ton. Connect the dot in the notes. Myth is all stories, all great stories is the best way to say this. Point to what? The true great story. Does that make sense? That's what we were just dialoguing about. Some, are, some do this better than others, right? All right? But the really, really good ones are like, yeah! that's me, it's my life, that's my story. And it really helps us understand that. And interestingly, the true story that we're in is a beautiful mythical fantasy story that's the real one, the Bible story, the book of Acts, especially for us, right? Got team? Now, biblical connection is when stuff directly points to scripture. We see scenes in scripture, themes of redemption in scripture, or even just straight up verses, right? Someone you will know, be a rooster crowing in the movie and then someone will deny somebody like, oh my gosh, look at that. You know, like it connects. Yeah? Fair enough? So, plenty of scripture. We already hit that one with Gandalf's quote. Frodo, you got to use your strength, heart, and wits. We're supposed to use the love of the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Like, uh, wait, that's a verse, you know? Exactly. Galadriel said, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's what Jesus says to the disciples, right? Like, what? So we're going to find some of that biblical connection. Did a story like this, are they there? Oh, man, they're all over the place. I think that's where some of them are really intentional. There's going to be a lot of authors who just, the Bible's so much in them that they're just writing it, and it just happens. And then people read it in later, like, oh, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. You know? So that's another part of it. Okay, we got some tools? Yeah? Let's watch this scene. I want you guys to look for some of these tools. So as we watch the scene with the riddles in the dark, look for some symbols, some metaphors, definitely paradoxes, <coughs> riddles, all right? And then also look for some of these overarching metaphors and mythical elements. Let me give you guys... I'll throw you a bone here to start it out. I'd love for you to jot this one down. But Riddles in the Dark, this is one of Tolkien's favorite chapters that he ever wrote. We have some evidence of that. We'll get into the dark here. Look at this. Bilbo finds himself in a cave with a creature who's turning into a shadow. And in order to continue on with his life in the light and be on his journey, he needs to do what? Get out of the cave. Sounds like first lesson in class. Allegory of the cave. Does that make sense? And so, did Tolkien basically write Allegory of the Cave here? Yeah, for fifth, sixth, seventh graders, right? it's kind of cool. Look, so got a little taste. So, my seven-year-old twins, when I read them *The Hobbit*, they got a little taste of Allegory of the Cave there. Right? Philosophy teacher, dad talks about a little bit. You know, plant a seed. But is it there? I'm not reading into that, like there's a dude in the cave with a creature turning into a shadow, <laughs> right? And he needs to get out, right? Well, let's go further, because Allegory the Cave and this story point to what story? The true story. Maybe even directly. The title of this chapter is Riddles in the Dark. You will see later that Bilbo needs to answer riddles to save him from being eaten. <laughs> he needs to answer riddles... So we can get out of the dark into the light. You can look it up. In the Gospels, the disciples say over and over and over again, Jesus, why do you talk in parables? Why do you talk in parables? And actually, there are three moments, two very specific moments, where it's not the word parable. It's the word riddle. The translation has the word riddle why are you talking riddles it even says from this point on in his ministry he only spoke to them in parables riddles well look what happens here if you're not able to answer to understand Jesus's riddles you'll remain where in the dark if you can answer Jesus's riddles you come out of darkness into light. And Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. All right? Now, don't get me wrong here. Is salvation a riddle? No. <laughs> Believe, saved. So is salvation a riddle? No, so I want to ask you this question. I want you to actually, in the middle of it, this is where we're going after this little clip. I'm going to specifically ask you, why? They asked Jesus, why do you talking riddles? Yeah, why? When was the last time you heard heard a sermon, not on what riddles or parables Jesus spoke, but on why he spoke in riddles? Why is he doing it? It's not for salvation. Riddles aren't salvation. The parables aren't about, if you can figure out the parable, you'll be saved. What's up with the riddles? What's up with the parables? Why would God do that? Why did Jesus teach that way? It's interesting. And by the way, if you can't understand his parables, you're going to be in darkness. A lot of people are like, oh, he told a story about a sheep. He must like sheep. Um, the parable of the lost sheep's not about a sheep, right? People can miss it. We have 2,000 years of history to not miss it. <laughs> but I think back then, a lot of people were like, what is he talking about? Seeds and coins and sheep and lost sons? Like, what is up with this guy? Yeah? All right, so let's watch this. Look for some of these things, but in case you just missed it, we just took this children's story and compared it to philosophy, Allegory of the Cave, and then to the Gospels, <laughs> understanding riddles that go from darkness to light, and connecting that with Jesus and his parables. All right, so here we go. There's a little bit of violence at the beginning here with an orc getting killed, but try to sit in it. What can even that represent? Oh, the nasty. symbol. Got a couple ones. What's the ring represent? What's the sword? Now it's in the text, so if you have that open you can see it, if you have read it, but it's interesting to see what Peter Jackson does here visually. Elrond in the movie just said that that sword glows when evil's around, when the enemy is around. So the orc just died, so it stopped what? Glowing, so what does that make Gollum? He's not evil and he's not the enemy. So that's a really clever way to do that. It's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I thought that the soil only blood when there's orcs around it, not necessarily. Yeah. Well, okay, well then at least he's not a what? He's not an orc. He's not an orc, but actually, is he evil? Okay. He's a what? But he's kind of funny, like
2: an orc.
0: His behavior is evil. He's a what, you guys? He's a hobbit, right? Isn't that interesting? His identity is a hobbit, so he's a hobbit who has evil behavior. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Interesting to process it out. Uh, But he's definitely not an orc, right? Definitely not an orc. And that's, I think, Jackson's separating those two for the viewer to know that Gollum's not that type of evil, at least. Yeah? Interesting. No, it's just so scary.
2: and splashes, gracious. And yeah.
0: I'm going to stop it a ton. we got to stop it here. I was reading this with my seven-year-olds. Actually, we have Tolkien reading it. So we let Tolkien read the story to us. We're sitting on the couch. We're flipping through the pages. There's seven. I know that might be a little cruel. We didn't watch the movie. Uh-uh, not yet. But at the same time, wait a second. We stopped it right here, and I said, Hey, Anna, Eli, what would happen to Bilbo if he didn't have his sword? He'd be... But what would happen? He'd be dead. And did they get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And in our home, we know the symbol was a sword represent. What? The Bible. He'd be dead without his sword. The enemy would what? Eat him. And so we talked about why we memorize verses in our house and why we read the Bible in our house. And why I encourage Ian and Eli. To ponder up scripture in their hearts and have that. Because we need our what? We need our sword. Or the enemy will do what? And you're like, well, wait, to me, that's not nice to talk to this enemy thing of your seven-year-olds. Does Satan want to take out my children? Come on, does he? Yeah. Is there evil in this world where my kids need truth to fight it off at the age of seven? Totally. They're getting people say mean cruel things to them and want to hurt them they need truth to fight that off right even more so for you guys you many of you are heading off to college next year i'm not threatening you at all i'm just using metaphoric reality here a metaphor to reality you go off to college without your sword you're going to get what what You're going to get eaten. You're going to get eaten. Actually, you can sit here right now and think of four or five of your friends who went off to college. Which ones have stayed close to scripture and close to truth? They might be struggling, but they're probably doing decently well. I bet you can list a few that have chucked it, and they might be fine right now. Actually, some what? Come on, some are, right? We'll get eaten <laughs> if you don't have that sword. We'll get eaten alive, right? Again, it sounds like I'm threatening you. Am I threatening? I'm just teaching. I'm just trying to tell you. Like this points. This part of the story points to what? Our story. Go team. Nah. Does he even know how to use it? No, he just what? Warning you,
1: these Because... <laughs> it's got him half
2: blade, but it's not your half's. Not your name, Snow. What is it, precious?
1: What is it? What is it? My name is Bilbo Baggins.
2: Bagginses. <laughs> what is that, Bagginses, precious? I'm a Hobbit from the Shire. Oh, well, we like our princes, bounces, and fishes. But Fish. hasn't tried her races before. No. Oh, Surfed. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> now, now, keep, 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 keep your distance. I'll use this if I have to. No. I don't, I don't wow. want any trouble. Do you understand? Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way.
2: Wow. Is Yes, Yes, and I want to get- Symbol, metaphor, as as he's Three what? We
0: don't know, we don't save for our voices. Save births in the dark. Shut up. Been saving. We wasn't talking to
2: you. Yes, we were precious. So good. I don't know
1: what your game is, but I-
2: Games? We
0: love games, doesn't we process? Does it like games? Does it? Does it? Does it like to blow? What the heck? My he said, you still have it, right? You must pull uh, a game, right? What As
2: roots
0: as nobody sees
2: is taller than trees, up, up, up it goes and what never grows. The mountain. Oh, that's another one. Yes, no, 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 no! no,
1: no. I, I, want to play. I do. I want to play. Play to see. play. You are
0: very good at ah, uh, this. Nice must. compliment. So why don't we have a game of riddles?
1: Yes, just, just, just you and me. He's like, yeah. Just, just, just us. Yes, and, and, and if I win, you should be the way out. Yes, yes,
2: yeah, we win, And if it loses, what then? I'm like, wow, if it loses, precious, and we get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? If it loses, we get it home.
0: Oh, my gosh, right? What? I love that, right? Riddle's in the dark. couple things. You're going to hear me say this a whole bunch. Does he even know how to use his sword? No, but he at least what? He at least has it. That's huge. Word of God is powerful. But you're going to hear me say, it's one thing to have it. It's another to what? Be able to use it. That's important, right? And then it's another to be able to what? wield it use it well why is it so fun to watch Boromir Legolas Aragorn use that sword yeah they're good at it right I think some of us don't even have our Bibles (laughs) and some of us have them we don't know what to do with it and some of us are okay at it I'd love for you to get what really good at it right it's a big difference but here's the other thing yeah go ahead does Gollum even know what he is? Does he know he's a hobbit? I think so. I wonder. That's a great question. He might have lost touch with <laughs> his. <laughs> I gotta fix that. He might have lost touch with his identity, right? Notice how in Lord of the Rings, Frodo is kind and loving and compassionate day after day after day, with good healthy boundaries. And he starts remembering. Gollum starts remembering who he is, right? Isn't that interesting? Goes from Gollum to Smeagol. Right.
2: Hmm.
0: Powerful, isn't it? Metaphor there. I look at this one though. First Peter three fifteen. Always be prepared. I wasn't. Went off to Oxford chatting with that professor about grace. How in the world could grace be that strong to save people who live a life of sin? No way. Was I ready for that? Could I answer that riddle? No, it almost ate me alive. I'm still here, so I didn't die, at least physically. <laughs> right? But some of you are still stuck in some of these riddles. How can a loving God allow evil? Is that a riddle that we have to deal with in the dark here? And by the way, if you don't answer that one, if you can't answer that riddle, you're going to stay where? In the dark, probably getting eaten alive. Hopefully not literally. Right? I mean, come on, right? So many of us have these riddles, these big questions. That's why this class is filled with these big questions. Because we'll remain in the dark if we can't answer these riddles. So here we go. Let's let's look at a few of them here and see how things work out. Let's go to this next question. What does it take to answer a riddle? Why riddles? Thirty white
1: horses on a red hill. First they jump,
0: then they stamp, then uh, they stand still. Mm. I love that. I, 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 he's still a habit. <laughs> it, huh? I
2: ah! <laughs> Awkward. have, <laughs> 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 Riceless. 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 Riceless.
0: Riceless. Riceless. Oh, that's good. It's right in the book. Oh, you got, if you're taking the notes, like, there's four paradoxes right there. Right? You look at this riddle; it's fabulous the way that it's unpacked. No voice, but it cries. No wings, but it flutters. No teeth, but it bites. No mouth, but it mutters. Four paradoxes. Is there a truthful answer? If I know what it is? Wind, wind. Now, when we say it, does it make sense? Totally. It's the, it's right there. But see the paradox? Doesn't make sense to have no teeth but to bite, but does the wind bite? Yeah. yeah right. Oh, oh, Windows, windows. shut
1: up. <laughs> it's wind. Of course it is. <laughs> Uh, 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 <laughs> without hinges, key, or or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid.
0: My son <laughs> loves this one. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> That's nasty. Give up?
2: Give us a chance, Brussels, Give us a chance. Exiles, exiles, return to the
0: exiles. From tortures to
2: suck Okay,
0: now, and Tolkien chooses certain riddles for this story. Look at his next one. We have one for you. All things
2: it devours. birds, beasts, trees, flowers. Lord Iron fights steel, grinds hard stones to glory
1: And yes. Give me a moment, please. I gave you a good long while. Please, please, I don't know this one. What is it tasty? Is it
2: tasty? It's so horrible! <laughs> it's
1: a crunch. Let right? me yeah, yeah. think.
2: Let me think.
0: Ah! Time. time. The answer is time. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll watch some more stuff later. Let's just pause and do this lesson. So, you need a blank page or a page where you can take notes. It doesn't have to be fully blank, but a place where you can take notes. I want you to write down as many of these things as possible. Because let's go into this whole concept of riddle. Why riddles? why parables why did kept saying jesus why do you talk in riddles well ready let's set the stage let's look at what tolkien's doing here how about this a lot of you are excited to have your block day over and they go home at three o'clock ready if you can't answer this next riddle you aren't allowed to leave my room there we go now i know you you know i'm joking but that's not even the scene is it what would i be saying if we were really in the scene If you can't answer this riddle, you what? You die. You're like, that's ridiculous, Dominguez. Okay, although, interestingly, in our world, if you can't figure out these paradoxical truths, what's going to happen in here? There's going to be death, right? Okay, so ready? Until I am measured, I am not known. Yet how you miss me when I have flown. Now, don't yell it out if you know it. Who's got it? Great. We'll lock the door. You guys, are am going home. That's cool. There we go. Wait, what do you want me to do? Say what? Huh? Say it again. So what does it take to answer a riddle? What do you got to be doing? Yeah. What does Jesus want you to do? Exactly. Why is he talking riddles? How many times does he say what? He who has ears. Yeah. Are people listening? 2,000 years later, are people listening? What kind of followers does he want? What kind of disciples does Jesus want? <laughs> they're listening and they're doing what? Some of us didn't even hear it. Paying attention. Because I said, I said the rest of your day depended on it. Were you paying attention? I mean, what if your life depended on it? Were you listening? Okay. Again, why is Jesus talking in riddles? What does it take? Now, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about what kind of followers does he want? What kind of disciples does he want? Well, he wants ones that at least do what? Pay attention and listen. What else does it take to answer a riddle? Yeah, you've got to pay attention, and, but it's going to take work. you got to what? Now, I don't know about smart, because once you get the answer, is this about smart. My five-year-old understands this riddle. Not about smart. It's about what. You got to think. You got to okay. First off, just right there. If You got a brain. What does Jesus want you to do with it? Use it. What kind of disciples does He want? Ones that use their brains, right? Like ones that think. Fair enough. Come on. Although, what kind of thinking? What type of thinking does it take to answer a riddle? You gotta think creatively, don't you? And how did it go for the Pharisees and the Sadducees when all of a sudden God is in the flesh? Did that work for them? No, because they're not thinking what? They're not thinking creatively, right? What kind of followers does he want? Think creatively, think, and then think creatively. What else does it take to answer a riddle? Okay, let's keep going. Ready? I'll read it one more time. Now, if I really wasn't going to let you go, what are some of us going to do right now? Yeah, wake up, pay attention, focus, right? Until I am measured, I am not known. Yet how you miss me when I have flown. Don't think flappy flap. Anybody got it? Now wait a second. Keep leaning into this, the lesson right now. What kind of disciples does Jesus want? What does it take to answer that? Do any of you have it right right now? Yeah. You, nobody said it. Does anybody have it correct right now? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Time. Yeah. Okay. So why didn't you say it? Because I asked you not to, right? Yeah. I don't remember to. Oh, okay. So why didn't we say it? I just. You just came up with it. Nice. Okay. Good. I thought everyone would That's fine too, but let's lean into this. What does it take if some of you had did any of you guys have any ideas? You had some ideas. What does it take to answer a riddle? You gotta what? You gotta commit you gotta you gotta say it. you could be what? Wrong. So what is it you could be right and you could be wrong. What does it take to answer a riddle? courage. You've got to say something. You've got to have courage. You've got to take the risk. What kind of disciples does Jesus want? <laughs> Ones that will do what? Take the risk. Have the courage to actually do what? You, you, you just got it right. You were going to say it. You put your hand up. and to do what? Say it. He wants us to He wants followers who will say it. Who will take the risk. He wants a disciple who will get out of a boat and walk on water. Peter did what? He took the risk. He actually did it. The other 11 might have thought about it, but did they do it? No. So what does it take to answer riddle? The risk. The beauty of being in this riddle thing with Christ is if you get it wrong, do you get eaten? Not necessarily. You have grace to keep going. That's the beauty of it, right? Still takes courage because you might get it wrong. You might look silly. You might make a mistake. Well, what does Jesus do with Peter? Hey, Peter, stop listening to roosters. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, Peter messed up. But he got reinstated. I think that's pretty cool. What else does it take? Let's do one, one more. Let's try one more. Are you ready? Uh, you, you, don't worry, I won't eat you if you get it wrong. <laughs> Who makes it has no need of it. Who buys it has no use for it. Who uses it has no knowledge of it. Do you know it? I, did, yeah. did you know it before? Yeah. Okay, what's he ready? Wait, does prior knowledge help? Wouldn't it be nice to go to college with some prior knowledge? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with prior knowledge. It helps. It could, Prior knowledge could do what? Save you. It could save you and your friend. Yay for prior knowledge. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now, if you don't know it, what does it take? You don't want to just blurt something out. You want to do what? Patient. What kind of followers does he want? Patient, but not too patient, right? Think creatively, work together. What's the answer? A coffin. coffin. It's a coffin. So some of you knew that. So now listen to it. And this is where you said smart. I appreciate that on some level Jesus wants people to use their brains and be as smart as they can be. But also look at this. He who makes it has no need of it, coffin. He who buys it has no use for it, coffin. And he who uses it has no knowledge of it, coffin. Does it fit? Did my seven-year-olds understand that when I read it to them? So Jesus, do you have to be smart to understand the paradoxical truths? No. The beauty of a riddle, though, is once you know it, you what? You know it. So that's another thing. Why did Jesus talk in riddles? Do you guys remember the story of the prodigal son? Yeah, because it sticks. Lost sheep, lost coin, mustard seed, treasure buried in a field. We know this stuff because it sticks. And if we could figure out those riddles, it makes sense, doesn't it? For some of you, you don't have to answer this one. We've got a really hard riddle in the dark. Why does a loving God... Allow evil. Anybody? Maybe a little closer to that one? Yeah? Are we saved by grace? Yeah? So do we have to do anything? Do we need work? Yeah? I mean, no? Or right, like, what do we do with grace and works? What do we do with free will, and predestination? These are paradoxes. They're riddles, but can we find satisfactory answers? Can they make sense? Other thought? Yeah. It almost makes it sound like you
1: like, make it seem like in order to be, like, become closer to God you have to like think
0: deeply. Not think deeply? Think what? How come the Pharisees and the Sadducees were not close to God when he was standing right in front of them? They weren't open to it. They weren't open to thinking creatively about God stepping down into the planet in the flesh, being born in a virgin, born of a virgin, right? Like, they weren't willing to think that way. And so, I do make it sound like you have to think a certain way to get close to Christ. Because actually, you what? You do. Um, you do. <laughs> I feel like you can accept Christ as your Savior without going like deep into intellectual ideas. I'm not talking about intellectual ideas. We're talking about first, shall be last; last, shall be first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Are these intellectual ideas? No. Right. We're just talking about like what I'm trying to do. You have to be smart to be close to Christ. No, but if you're not thinking a certain way, are you going to be able to embrace the humanity and the teachings of Jesus? gonna work.
1: No. Yeah. I don't think you have to understand paradox.
0: Really? Because childlike faith. Totally. Uh, but wait, child children understand paradox. They're actually really good at it. Maybe that's why he said we should have childlike faith. Maybe. They
1: just accept it. They
0: don't. Of course. See now, I, I wonder. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm wondering if you're concerned that I'm comparing this to being saved. And going to heaven to be with Jesus forever I'm not doing that what I'm trying to say is if we're going to understand who Christ is and they understand the kingdom of God Jesus invited people on a journey to get to know him and to bring in his kingdom to be a disciple right and the question that I'm focusing on is why would he speak in riddles now, he also spoke in a sermon so he did that which is fine but why the riddles Because with riddles, it unpacks these other ways of thinking and seeing. And so I don't want to say that you have to do this to be close to Christ on one hand. Does that make sense? I don't want to say that, because do you? No. But ironically, all the people who are close to Christ do what? Come on. They do. Does that make sense? All the people who are close to Christ will think creatively. They'll be open to new ways of seeing things. They'll patiently wait to understand the truth. They'll take risks to be close to Christ. Does that make sense? They'll do all these things that go into unpacking a riddle. I think
1: that's a product of the Holy Spirit
0: working inside them. I'm not saying it's not. not. I completely agree. (laughs) Actually, so then how close are they to Christ if the Holy Spirit's working inside of them? Pretty close. There you go. And They're letting the Holy Spirit work inside of them to be able to think this way and live this way and approach truth this way.
2: I just feel like
1: this is a classroom. Like getting this outside knowledge and it's not from
0: the Holy Spirit as much. Well, my, I mean, it is, but like... But you, it's fine. That, sense? that totally makes sense. What, I, what I'm trying to do is help us understand that that's what the Holy Spirit will do in us. Help us to have courage. Help us to think creatively. Help us to embrace paradox help us to take risks with the truth. Does that make sense? So the Holy Spirit will help us unpack these riddles. That's what will happen. And that's what allows us to be christ followers. Fair enough? Did you have a hand up? Yeah, I,
2: I was just going to say, you keep saying, like, open to new ways of thinking. I, I feel like that's kind of a dangerous way to, like, approach Scripture, just because, like, you... If you say, like, because then it seems like
0: almost as if people could have different interpretations of it, which kind of defeats the point of, like, absolute truth. Yes and no. I'm not saying that there's different absolute truths. But what I'm saying is that if you're a Pharisee, Nicodemus, if Nicodemus was not open to a new way of thinking about new birth in Christ, he's going to do what? <laughs>
2: <Is that? laughs> say Yeah. Yeah. Also
0: like logic, so it's like oh, yeah. Well, but isn't logic creative? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. It's, it's creative thinking. i just think like, if you're not willing to go there, Nicodemus is like, wait, I'm supposed to go back inside my mom? What? Okay, yeah. Yeah? Okay. And so in order for him to really get close to the truth of Christ, he had to be like, born again? That, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I had a question. Where you said there was like two places where Oh, yeah, 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 that's super fun.
2: Oh, come on, what
0: would
2: dad?
0: Oh, do <laughs> 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 Tyler says, Please stop
2: by the hub before you leave school today. These students, please see Mrs. Gum in the library. Jake Lowski, Sarah Burchka, Tom Blue, Nick Russell, Becca Fishnoth. So Mike Basta, like Hannah and Noah Rutter. please stop by and see Mrs. Gum. Also, there will be no so JV lacrosse the practice this afternoon. Yes, it has thing. been canceled. Lindsay so Anderson, please stop by the front here. office. So and once uh, again, the varsity baseball right? game is being played uh, at home and instead of away. The, the sophomore baseball game I'm has been canceled, ridiculous. and the women's There's softball
0: game has been moved to home at 5 o'clock. Tomorrow, I'll hand it to you. Um, Ask Dad about it, or just on your own. Don't Don't ask (laughs) (laughs) him. But Elizabeth Melody's plate up in the office. Ironically, it'll probably be in the workbook next year. I'll just be sitting there, (laughs) right? But it's super fun because I remember, like, wait, no, why didn't they just translate this parable? And actually, it is real. It's a it's a different connection back in the original, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So. But the other beauty of it is, it doesn't even have to be that. It doesn't need to be the word riddle, because parable itself has its own sense of riddle. Because he's talking about, there's a lost sheep, but he went to find it. It's not about sheep, Does yeah. that make sense. There's, a, okay. there's an unpacking and unearthing. Okay, cool. And you, you guys are right, by the way. Like, you're right. But what, what I was trying to get at with the lesson is, remember, don't miss the lesson. It was specifically, why does he speak in parables? That makes sense. That's so don't don't go too far off that lesson. Why why did God have to speak in any riddles or parables at all? No. No. And so he chose to. Why? To awaken this stuff in us. Does that make sense? And if we don't have that awakened. If we don't have that awakened, we're gonna miss out on some of this understanding of the paradoxical truth. And of the mystery of Christ. And of the relational side of things. And of the creative thinking that comes along with that. We'll miss out on it. So he chose to speak in it to wake that stuff up. Well, who wakes it up? Holy Spirit wakes it up. Yeah? All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. Was good pushback. That was really good pushback. All
1: right. What I was trying to say is like, with paradox, I don't think you can ever understand it fully. No, you, you can't. You just have to accept it.
0: Exactly.
1: Then,
0: uh, No, but that's the beauty. Is you don't have to understand it fully. You can't understand it fully. You do Thank need you. to accept it, but it's going to be so hard to get close to Christ if you can't accept paradoxes. Christ is a paradox. He's 100% man and 100% God. God is a paradox. God's <laughs> a paradox. So, see what I was getting at? It's like, you're. I think it was a little bit like, but you don't have to understand this stuff to be close to Christ. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> it's going to be hard to be close to Christ without you do understanding it. Yes. Exactly. And I think that's its own. <laughs> yeah! <Woo>! All right. <laughs> There you go. See ya, see ya. I know was super fun with the shirt. It's an awesome shirt. I let me here one sec, let me do this. Let me uh hit pause on the recording.